This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Welcome to episode 132 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Incredible. A first win since 1993 at Fulham. It's enough to make you feel a little bit old, is that, Phil? Um, That's the year that the original Jurassic Park came out at the cinema. The year Bill Clinton was elected US president and was the third youngest ever. Uh, Meatloaf topped the charts with I Would Do Anything for Love and Dan Porritt's image was first used for Huddersfield Town's social media campaigns. Uh, with me this week, we have a man who watched the game in comfort, maybe discomfort in comfort. Uh, welcome back to uh, the podcast, uh, Mr. Matthew Wilson. You okay, Matt? Yeah, good. Thank you, buddy. Fantastic. Um, a man who watched it sourced up in Briggus, it's uh, Dan Porritt. You okay, mate? Good evening, mate. Yep, not bad yourself. Very good. And, of course, Tom Bradshaw's favourite ever Huddersfield Town player. It's Phil Senior. You all right, Phil? <laughs> I know. So Evening. Finally How are we doing? Love. Good, mate. Finally what some love guy. for Phil Senior. What a guy. I know. What a guy, Tom is. He needs to change that. He needs to change the intro, doesn't he? Take Paul Rahubka out and stick Phil Senior on next to Jacko, and I think that'll be... Absolutely shambles how we put him in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right, before we get going, guys, let's just say that this uh, podcast is sponsored by the very fine Magic Rock Brewing. Uh, Magic Rock did a... Um, a comedy gig, didn't they, in the uh, in aid of Darren uh, Daryl Hobson uh, the other day, which was fantastic. Uh, Magic Rock, uh, always there for us on uh, match day. Uh, if you want to 
order something online from them, you can use our code of AHTTC10 and get 10% off uh, all online orders, which is great. And free delivery for over £40 orders as well, which is fantastic. Welcome to everybody watching online. There's over 30 of us watching, which is great. All giddy, I guess, after three magnificent points at Fulham. Um, but I think we just have to take the tempo down slightly for now because there's a couple of things that I would like to mention. Uh, firstly, um, I think as a podcast, we'd like to pay our respects to Steve Black, who unfortunately passed passed away this morning. Steve Black was a an important part of Lee Clark's backroom team in uh, you know when he came in sort of 2008-9. Uh, and there's a really, probably not the time for the story, but there was a really sort of uh, infamous uh, part of the ways with Dean Hoyle, which you can, which if you want to listen to, you can catch on our podcast as well. But by the way, by by and large, Steve Black was an incredible character, a really great fitness coach and mentor. And, you know, it's really sad to see him pass away at 64. So all the best to Steve Black and his family on that one. And then, <clears throat> sadly, following on to that, we had a, a Huddersfield Town fan pass away. A Huddersfield Town fan who used to roam the forums of Down at the Mac. If you ever look at Down at the Mac, and I know we, we all do every now and then, but there's, a, there's a, uh, a chap on there by the name of Ron Kitchen who used to post as Otium. Um, and he's, he's one of those characters whereby you perhaps wouldn't agree with the majority of what he said, but the way he said it was always fantastically entertaining, well-written and, and very, you know, and a lot of self-deprecation at points, um, you know, who'll forget the other 2012 Olympics, you know, and his spread betting on there where he, where he claimed Britain wouldn't get 30 medals. And then, and then when we got about 60, he said, it's only because of sit down sports, you know, there's some fantastic moments with him online and, you know, um, he passed away sadly. Um, over in India, which is, I believe, where he wanted to be. So uh, to his friends and family of, of uh, Ron and Steve Black, you know, you've got our condolences and, and all the best on that one. Okay, guys, so thank you for that. Uh, let's go to Fulham 1, Huddersfield Town 2. What a fucking day. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? What a day. Right, I know. Yeah. Mate, this was amazing. You know, we, like I say, we've not won there since... <laughs> Sorry, yeah. We started this a little bit earlier, aren't we? Watershed. <laughs> but, you know, fan what a game. You know, guys, this, this, was, this was amazing. Um, I think everybody thought we'd go there and, and probably gallantly lose, you know, sort of backs against the wall, um, tough performance. But... It wasn't really the case. Matt, you went to the game. You know, I, I unfortunately couldn't join you in the in the lounge at Fulham, um, which sounded great, by the way. And, you know, it would have been fantastic to go down there and, and do that. I've always wondered what the lounge would be like at Fulham because, it, you know, West London, very posh, very fancy. I'd imagine it's a bit of a foie, you know, foie gras starter and, you know, handing out caviar <laughs> like Skittles and what have you. It must be, must be an experience there. Well, I've, been, I've, I've got a... Um... When I went to Foxport, a mate of mine worked there, and uh, we do a bit of work with uh, for my business. So I get invited down there every year. Um, and I'll be honest, because they're moving things around a lot, the corporate sort of things that are happening always seems to be moving around as they're kind of, uh, you know, they're obviously doing quite a lot of uh, uh, refurbishment of, of the stadium. Um, but I wasn't in the director's box actually like the other year, and that was that was pretty pretty tasty. Um, but yeah, it, it was nice. But the thing is, is when you go to anything like that, you immediately you kind of feel restricted, don't you? And you can't really, you know, um, be jumping around and showing this and that. And then you see the town fans obviously having an amazing day. Um, so you just you kind of jealous like most of the time. And then when you get into, get into sort of the final whistle. Um, yeah, that was that was beautiful. And the funny thing is, is, is I know a guy. Cause I'm based in, in London. For those that don't know, and, and literally just a couple of stops from uh, from Fulham. Um, and there's a town fan who's who's uh, 
uh, who I've got to know through my daughter's school because he's, he's kids in her in a class. And he was taking one of his older kids for his first match to Fulham. And, um, and I was like, what are you doing? Like, the last place to take him is to Fulham. Like, we, even when we got promoted, we got pumped down there. Like, I think it was 5 0, wasn't it? Yeah. And, um, and obviously, they've, they've had a, uh, a very good day out, so the lad can come again. Yeah, shout out, Ruby. <laughs> right, guys, this is, this is a really great start. So, Town threw a little bit of a, um, a tactical change in, didn't they? They decided to go in, in kind of like a 4 4 1 1 shape where. Uh, Lewis O'Brien for me is is a phenomenal player. You know, he's he's just genuinely I think he's he's our best player. And you know, for me, head and shoulders player of the year. He's he's one of these players where if he puts in a seven out of ten performance, everybody just kind of shrugs the shoulders because it's kind of expected of Lewis O'Brien because he's he's fantastic. You know, so he has to sort of put in a an eight or a nine to get noticed for me. Whereas some other players could probably put in a six and you know and get mentioned as having a decent game. Um, but for me, Lewis, you know, he played two positions on the day, didn't he? He played as a striker when when uh, Fulham had it in defence, so he would be pressing up front. And then, as soon as Fulham passed into the second phase, uh, Lewis O'Brien would then drop in as a, a you know a midfielder. It was such a a fantastic and energetic performance from Lewis. Um, and you know that tactically, Carlos absolutely nailed that as well. You know that the system really got into Fulham. It upset them. I think they expected us to sit deep. We didn't. And one issue I think for town has been our passing has been a little bit wayward on occasions, but we were so crisp in possession when, when we won the ball, we were so crisp at moving forward and it was a real, it was real joy to watch this. And Harry Toffolo came back in for ruffles. I think a lot of people would have probably thought that's a little bit harsh on ruffles, but you know, it looks like the week off for Harry Toffolo did absolute wonders because Harry Toffolo was absolutely outstanding in this game and he got better as the game went on. Uh, and Dwayne Holmes came in for Coroma as well. Um, we started great, didn't we? Um, pause. Uh, the game itself, the the offside goal, it's definitely offside, isn't it? Sauber's offside. There's no no issue there. Um, but that that first goal, mate, what a tackle from Harry Toffolo to you know we 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 broke forward and then Toffolo's tackle, uh, then the assist. Um, it was a great and Danny Ward best on earth. You know Belinda Carlisle going round and round. Pause. You know again, it's it's just just a you know what a great start that was. It was, mate. It's really nice to see us come out and, and play that way, I think, as, as Fulham probably expected, um, as to sit back and sit deep and, and maybe soak up some pressure and, and look to hit Fulham on, on the break. It was nice to see us actually go there and, and go toe-to-toe. Um, you know, in football, you see a lot of you see a lot of clubs, I nearly said smaller clubs then, but we're probably on a par with Fulham size-wise, aren't we? Um, if not bigger. Um, so I go to these places um, where they're expected to lose it and play that sort of system where they just sit deep and I've always been a big believer that if you're going to go to somewhere like that, and you know, on paper you're down for a, a defeat, you might as well go down and at least try and win. Um, there's not a massive gulf between us and Fulham. Yeah, on paper they, they should be beating us, but they're not. You know, it's not like Real Madrid or Barcelona the way we're going. Um, so it was nice for just to get a great start and, and come out and, and get at them. And you know, obviously, like you say, the, the Thomas goal were, were miles offside. I think he just sort of delayed the pass through a little bit too long. Um, but you know, when you, even even that can give you a little bit of a confidence boost. Can't you know, you've got the goal, albeit offside. And you just think, you know what, we have actually got a chance here. And people will point to Fulham and uh, and suggest that they had a bit of an off day, but. Again, I always think that does the, the other team a disservice, and I think that would certainly be true in this match, that Town actually made Fulham have an off day. Get Mitrovic really quiet. I can't really you know, really remember him being a threat um, at all during the match. Uh, they had a couple of early chances, but there were there were half chances. and We just seemed to grow in, 
into the game. And yeah, you could even class Ward's first goal as a bit of a you know a bit of an half chance. It just sort of fell to him and a great snapshot, you know. And at one 0 you're thinking, you know, here we go, we've we've got a chance here. And then obviously get the penalty. Um, it won a penalty, I think. I've seen a lot of people saying it won, but for me, it won. Um, I don't so much think it with a the keeper that actually fouled him. I don't know who plays 13 for Fulham, but as, if you watch it back, Tim he sort of spins, is it, he sort of spins Thomas as he's, as he's going towards the ball and that makes it an awkward fall, which makes it look like he's fallen on the keeper. But actually, if you watch it back for me, uh, yeah, clear penalty. And then Dwayne Holmes steps up and I must admit, I were a little bit surprised by that. I thought it would be Mr. Ward with the form that he's in. And the he missed the last one, the didn't he? He missed at Bristol, didn't he? Yeah. So I think they've passed it on to, to Dwayne's the... The sixth, I think Dwayne Holmes' penalty is the sixth, um, the sixth person to step up in 16 months and the first one to score. But just on that penalty though, Phil was kind of grimacing a little bit. I don't know, Phil. Phil, Phil, did you think it was a penalty, or did, or do you think the, uh, think it might be a bit 50? Because you're a goalkeeper, obviously goalkeeper, and you'd have been thinking, would you have been a bit miffed if that was given against you? I looked straight. As soon as it happened, I, I started laughing because I just thought it was nowhere near. It was nowhere near a penalty. Um, I felt sorry for the goalkeeper because obviously the goalkeeper, what's he supposed to do? He's got to come and close the angle down, and, and unfortunately the player is running into the same kind of area. So there's going to be a collision. But Pos are 100 right. That the, for me, when you when he slowed it down, the lad didn't really help the situation by kind of pushing him off balance a little bit. Which then made it look like it fallen into him a little bit more. So it was. Um, I, I mean, I could believe it. it. Things just seem to be falling into pieces, kind of thing at the moment. And I think it's deserved. I think obviously with with the Sheffield United game, it was a blatant um, foul. It was a blatant goal. So we should have had that, which obviously would have been an extra uh, two points. So I think it's fully deserved, to be honest. Um, which is why I was. Um, which is why I was grimacing because I just thought, you know, it, it's it, it was a. It, it was lucky, but it was deserved. Um, I think, and like I say, the the penalty the, the pen- was shocking. It pen- was oh my god! <laughs> but the, you know, I mean, Dwayne, it, 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 it didn't look confident at all. But a goal's a goal. So yeah. um, will he will he keep hold of it now? Will he is is he our um, is he our penalty taker? Yeah, on the pitch? But, I think- but what I said was, and I know it's I, I know it sounds like I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but imagine if we get into a, a playoff situation. Um, and obviously, we're in the Wagner days, the, the the penalty takers for me, I was full of confidence. Now, now, how would how would you feel if we had five people to step up to take a penalty and, and looking at the? I mean, the good players aren't they? So you, you would yeah. trust them, but it, you know, it wouldn't look good, would it? I think the pressure might be on someone else. I think my take on the penalty, and I'll, I'll get yours, Matt, afterwards, was when I saw it, I was like, mm. but then when you see it front on, you can see Tim Ream push Thomas, which causes him to spin. Mm. And I, I, I took a little bit of umbrage with Glenn Murray on Sky saying that Thomas bought it. Because to me, and, and me and Stephen Chicken have got different ideas on the, on the terminology because me and Stephen were having a chat afterwards because we're, we're mates. But I, I just thought saying he bought it was... Because if you say someone bought it, there's like a hint of deception to me, if you say that. Whereas for me, it was just a case of Sauber went to try and get the ball first and then you watch it front on and Marek Rodek just you know, comes through him in the hip. You know, Sauber beats him to it. It gets that you know takes it in the hip penalty. It's uh, straightforward for me. Uh, but when you watch it from side on, it looks a bit sketchy, like Thomas has fallen on top of him. But you know when you see it from uh, the referee's angle, it looks an absolute stonewaller. But um, really interesting one. So it, it was great, Matt. What was it like in the in the in the lounge and, and directors boxes and whatnot? Um, how did you see the yeah. game from there? Um, it was, I was kind of. Um... 
I was behind goal to, to the side of the end that was at, uh, basically. So from where I was, and by the way, Glimmer has made a career out of Bynum, right? That's all he does is kind of, you know what I mean, like walk back into the centre half and kind of then be like, what? You know what I mean? I've seen him do that all day. So the, um, I, I mean, for me, like just from my angle, it just was a penalty, like... The ball's come into the box. He's running across the front of him. He gets a touch on it, and then there's contact. And you know, clearly the keeper is coming forward as much as he's going backwards. So yeah, for me it was just apparently a few people around us were not happy about it. Um, but you know, I um, there were also maybe a handball or something, which I haven't seen back on the TV or anything that they were kind of claiming. Yeah, as well. yeah. Well, they were claiming there was a couple that they were claiming that were just. But did you see Russell's? Uh... They, they were desperate. Sounded like... Did you see Russell's reaction after after the handball though? Yeah, he, he got away with Sometimes one. Sometimes you he? can tell. And, and he looked didn't he straight away. Yeah, he got he away with one. He looked nervous. Yeah. yeah. For me, that was that, that was a pen. Right. Let's let's talk about Big John, because he's he's on my list. We'll we'll talk about the second half as well. You know, it was a backs to backs to the wall second half. Um, you know, I I thought the referee after he'd given that penalty was really shitty towards us. Um uh, there was a lot of fouls on halfway. Danny Ward was, you know a couple of times taken from behind, you know, I shouldn't say taken from behind, tackled from behind or fouled from behind. And, you know, there's a, sorry, pause. There's a couple of other decisions which really didn't go our way. And, and these are really important in a game like that because they relieve so much pressure. Do you know, when you play the ball up to Danny Ward and he gets tripped, you know, you win the free kick, you slow it down. But the referee, honestly, there were six, seven in a row and I was absolutely frothing watching it, you know, foaming at the mouth at this row. And, um, but in the end, he did us another favour, didn't he, with the, the John Russell decision because, John's kind of got his arm slightly out and he moves away. I don't I like Mick McCarthy said, I don't really know what the rules are anymore because they change it so much. But for me, I was like, it doesn't really affect the ball trajectory that much. But if it goes to VAR, it's, they'll probably give it. But let's let, you know, so that second half, I thought Matty Pearson and Tom Lees were absolutely outstanding at the back. Tom Lees, for me, got a lot of praise at one point uh, for doing the right things. You know, he was solid. You know, he's, he was outstanding and he's continued that and people have kind of died off in their praise for him a little bit. But I think Tom Lees is just every week, you know, seven out of 10 at least. And, you know, he, he, you know, him and Matty Pearson were just a, a complete brick wall. And Mitrovic was resorting to throwing himself around, diving, crying. And- they were all better, weren't they? They were all, they, they were all, they just defended with, and that's what I love about this team is that they've got a, like a collective resolve where they just don't panic. Like the balls were coming into Mitrovic and they just were kind of calm. They were like standing up, holding their ground. It, it's very rare to see, I mean, like watch the football we've watched probably my entire life, but like mainly the last, you know, four or five years, they've just been so poor and so like easy to mentally beat that, that they just kind of like that whole back five, but then the midfielders as well, just very, very calm when we're under pressure. And I think that that's what's... Uh, what's really making a difference. They're really supposed to believe in the system, I think, and they keep that shape and, and very disciplined with it. Mm. It's beautiful to watch. Like we, we look calm, you know? Yeah, you can pick out the entire back four, Posca. I thought Lee's... I thought the three standout players for us were Lee's, Pearson and Toffolo. Toffolo not only defended brilliantly, but he carried the ball forward to take pressure off us as well. Um, and so when I, I put a tweet out, something similar, and someone sort of said, oh, don't forget Ollie Turton, he was just as good... And Ollie Turton was great as well, but I would have given, you know, in terms of ratings, I would have given Lees, Pearson and Toffler all a nine out of 10 and Toff- and 
Turton and eight, maybe. Um, but I, th- I just thought those three were great. Johnny Hogg was brilliant, the general, uh, you know, in front of them. And him sort of sitting, jump, dropping in between the centre-backs, you know, like he did under Wagner, is just perfect for Jonathan Hogg. That is what he wants to do. You know, it's just Hogg all over, and, he, and he's exceptional at it. And we mentioned Big John as well. Big John was surprisingly, actually, when I looked at the stats, he was the top tackler. You know, he made the most tackles during the game and the most interceptions. Uh, and his passing is... It's very good. It's, he makes really good, quick decisions, and he gets sober and you know, and Dwayne Holmes in very, very quickly. And you know, he's he's um, he's like a human daddy long legs, isn't he? He's, he must be so difficult to get past because he's just he's like spaghetti in a wind tunnel. You know, his arms and legs everywhere, and he must be so and so strong as well. So he must be so difficult, and he's such a threat in the air. And he, he again, he had a great game. He, he did start to flag, didn't he? With twenty minutes left, he looked absolutely shattered, and I thought maybe they might have taken him off, but you know, he toughed it out and just. Pause, you know, that second half was just, um, they, they scored a spawny goal, didn't they? Let's be honest, their, their goal was a fluke. You know, Nico Williams yeah. tries to shoot and it just falls for Bobby Reed, and, you know, he puts it in. And But Town were outstanding, weren't they? And eventually when they did breach the defence, you know, there were just, I think, two efforts really. Um, Lee Nichols dealt with it quite straightforward. And that one there was one instance actually where Lee Nichols came out off his line and he was very sharp off his line and took a kick in the head and that was outstanding goalkeeping from... Mm from Lee Nichols. Um, that was probably his best save. Whereas the Mitrovic ones and the one where he saved it into the corner were probably um, maybe expect, you know, you would expect Lee Nichols to, to deal with those, but fantastic pause. Just what we are, just give us your thoughts on the second half. I'm, I can't stop talking about this game. Cause I, I was just so I'm still, still on a high after it, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, well, well. I think the, like you just touched on them, you know, Nichols coming out and, and throwing himself down and getting a boot in head. And, you know, you could see a real togetherness there, uh, which is has been lacking for, for a while. And uh, there's, there's various instances where someone puts a tackle in and someone picks them up and, you know, slaps them on head and pats them up back and all that sort of stuff. And you could see that it were a real a real game where we've gone down there and thought, and, and similar to what many fans were saying, you know, if we can get some out of this game, you know, I thought a point would be absolutely fantastic. And if we'd have come away with a point, I'd have been saying, do you know what, that has now made me set up and, you know, actually think that we have genuinely got a chance now. So to get a win there, you know, is, is as you say, quite rightly, it's, it's flabbergasting, really. Um, but yeah, that that performance, that second half were, were really good. And a lot of people, you know, myself and, and us included on here, have kind of been sceptical about Carlos and, can he change his team? Can he adapt the team to play in different ways? And I think Fulham match was just a perfect example of, you know, yes, he can. Now we can sort of answer that question because, to, like, as you said, to change to 4-1-4-1 and put, you know, Lewis O'Brien in unnatural positions for him, just sit Johnny Hogg in front of the back four as a blocker, <clears throat> leaves Russell and O'Brien just in front. And, you know, you look at that, how that team was set up and, it is different to how we've been played. Yet every, you know, sometimes you change formation and it can have a little bit of an adverse effect. But everybody knew the job. Everybody knew where they needed to be. Everybody worked as a unit. You could see how they moved around. It were it'd been well drilled into them. Um, and if you think they've only had maybe a week to work on that, um, you know, you've got to give Carlos massive, massive credit. A, and he, he nailed his subs pause as well. Like every he nailed every sub as well. We gave him some, yeah. well, not some stick last week, but we probably said, oh, he probably didn't utilize, you know, the the substitution of Ruffles well last week which in which was obviously in hindsight but you know this week you know bringing on Naby Sarr was a brilliant move Naby in, in the middle of the back three and he pushed Hogg further forward and at, at that point I thought oh I'm not sure about Hogg moving forward but Hogg was brilliant you know he was just he was really up for it you know Hoggy and 
it, it just Carlos just everything even Rhodes for Ward Rhodes came even Rhodes was trying to shit house wanted you know where the ball was in the corner yeah, and he's pushing yeah. it away. even Jordan Rhodes the nicest man on earth it nah, was just uh, I know. <laughs> you know and even he's getting at it but just just brilliant and I think, um, I think like I say I think I think we genuinely went there with a let's make a statement now you know it's on telly uh, a lot of pundits a lot of bookies still have us um, down as you know these these outsiders you look at the odds and we were you know sort of way off the way off the suggested top six and 12th you know, yeah. yeah live on sky and you know I tell you what let's go there and let's let's show these people what the field town are about and you know absolutely fantastic and absolutely I just want to say as well absolutely massive credit to everybody that went down there I think there were yeah. I don't know 12 1500 there with the, with the weather being like it is and transport problems and stuff like that I know you know certain other teams will have taken a lot more than that the um, noise but, was brilliant though wasn't you know, it as well yeah, I was going to say that the yeah. noise that produced, it could have been a full town away. And obviously, Matt, you were there, so you could probably pick on it for a little bit. They, they, they were really You came across fantastic. What's that yeah, guy asleep, Matt? Really... Was the guy asleep, you know, in the, the workman? <laughs> I couldn't see the guy from where I was until, um, until he got up and walked away. And he was kind of like going like that a bit. And so it did look like he'd just be woken up, maybe a little bit cranky. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't see the Zeds crawling out of his mouth. I'm afraid. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's talk, uh, Phil. Um, I'm going to throw Lee Nichols onto you, Phil, because you, you, know, you know, as the ex ex keeper, um, that wink, you know that that <laughs> you know where um, it did take a, a knock. It Pearson knocked him on the knee, and then the physio came on, and there was that little subtle wink, wasn't he? Where he was like, "Yeah, I'm all right. We're just wasting a couple of minutes here," and and it's that sort of stuff which. Which is why town fans love him, don't they? You know, because he's, you know, he's he just knows what to do, when to do it, and he's just when the ball comes in the box, you just like you put your feet up because you just think Lee Nichols is going to deal with it, and he's just he's become such a a big favourite, and you know you could maybe argue that that was maybe his best goal complete goalkeeping performance as well against Fulham because you know everything he did was excellent, his distribution was good. I think sometimes that's a little bit underrated his distribution. Um, because I think in turn, it might not be pinpoint to everybody, but he knows what ball to play exactly when and when when to take risks, when not to take risks. And I think there's only one occasion where he's been caught out this season. You're with a, a poor ball against Coventry at home, but you know he's nearly flawless. You know with that, and I think that's what's really good about him is that he's just so. I, I refer to him as the big easy because he's just a, a big guy and he just makes everything look so you know just everything's just so easy, isn't it? When it comes in, and it must be so, it must be good as a centre back as well, just to be able to rely on a goalkeeper that you know can, he's, he's always going to be there for you, like a best friend. What an absolute horror! Like winking <laughs> when when the physio comes on, and you know what I mean. It's that's that that really impressed me the the way that he dealt with some of the knocks. He's a tough kid. He is. You've seen in games, he's taken big knocks. He's got up. He's carried on whenever we needed to. But what what gets me about goalkeeping is, and what a lot of people don't really get, is that they always look for kind of like the big, unbelievable world he saves, the the obvious ones. And for me, what he does well is is the basics. It's like he's not even there. So simple things like long distance shot, ball bounces, four yards away from him. It's it's a clean pickup. It's yeah. always clean. Um, the, the the shot that he had where it, it was a bottom corner save, he got a couple of steps across. It wasn't like a, a, a spectacular. It was just a couple of steps across, bang, good hand away. And, and things like that. Goalies don't catch balls anymore. They punch it. He's catching everything. And, it, and, it, and it's clean. It's always... And it's just really, really impressive to see. Um, 
I, I, I can't remember when when we first brought him in. I couldn't remember this kind of, but but he, he worked playing what and and he, he was a keeper off to my own where apparently he was supporting the goalkeeper that was playing, um, giving him advice, and and he just sounds like a real decent guy. Um, that and I'm so pleased that he's doing so well because it it does make a difference for the back uh, the back four. I mean, it's it's no surprise we're 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 solid and we're doing well against teams like Fulham. When you look at the spine of our team um, and the attitude from every single player straight down the spine of that team, just it it, it just you know radiates everybody else. Matty Pearson and Lee's like Matty. I mean, I I said me bits about Matty before I played with him and. Um, he's, he's not. He's by nowhere mean like the best centre half I've played with. He isn't. But I tell you what, he's absolutely fantastic at the moment. Everything he's doing, he's doing it right. He's he's grafting. He's he's a leader on the pitch. Strong. Lees is just Lees is outstanding. Mm. Like the guy is an absolute beast. Like to hold Mitrovic off and just to bully him, he just dominated him. And you could see he just didn't want to be there. And I think we they kind of played into our strengths because I've not seen a team try and play in, in, in behind us and, and, and through the lines uh, as much as what I would expect. We're literally playing the balls into the box and these guys are dealing with everything. Nichols, Lees, Pearson, just dealing with everything. And, and, and that's, like the boys have said, it's, that's one of the reasons why we're so solid this year. Um, and, and to go away to Fulham under pressure like we were, and, and Matt were right, we just looked like so calm. Ball goes into wide areas. It's in behind us. They're playing balls across and they just look really calm. To, I mean, to be fair now, we'll probably say this in the next couple of weeks, we'll start conceding balls from wide areas. But, the, you know, it's really impressive and, and, and I hope it continues really because it's it's going to set a footing for, for, for the rest of the season. What I'd be interested in though, and I was, I'll mention this um, at the weekend when uh, Levi's fit or if, if he gets fit, where would you put him in that back for? Straight away. There's a question. We've got some so Twitter. Well. We've got some Twitter questions. I think that comes up at the end, so we'll we'll maybe broach that at the end. But I tell you what, my favourite save was Phil, and it probably won't get picked up as as you know as a goalkeeper who struggled with things like this. You know, this is why it was my favourite save. It was a corner. Well, I think. Keeper the ball out the goal. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a big problem for me. But there's a, a header from the centre back. I can't remember what the centre back was called. Um, but he, it was a header, and then it bounced like a foot in front of Nichols. So it's one of those where you die, and you have to extend your arms out. And catch it on the bounce, and then bring it in. And he had two. He had Mitrovic ready to pounce, and you know, it, it, and those those are the moments where, as a goalkeeper, you panic like you know, like heck, don't you? This, yeah, hundred percent. And this is what this is what I mean. It's that that is and it was easy. One of the most difficult saves you'll make. And, and if yeah. you if you spill that, it's like, well, what a crap keeper. The, the, but they're hard, aren't they? They're difficult. Yeah, that's a great save. Yeah, then and. But the thing is, people people like Poz who've never played in goal will probably never, you know, not, not re- realize how good a save that is. I'm just joking, Poz. But you know, it's it's. Just, like that, Anna, what are you doing? Yeah, that was bloody easy. Got for cameras, you know. That's that's what you always <laughs> play, don't you? But yeah, but Man, Nichols... I never played in front of cameras. Yeah. <laughs> Poz, what did you think to the wink? Oh, it was funny, wasn't it? Although I did think when he did it live on telly, let's just be careful here because bit Ronaldo-esque, wasn't it? Ronaldo. Yeah. I thought I'd, you could tell straight away when you when he uh, when you saw a replay, barely touched him, did he? But you know that's good thinking, is that though? Because again, team were you know tired. I mean, chasing shadow, you know, chasing ball around a little bit, every, a bit of an heavy pitch with rain and stuff like that. It's just sensible, you know. And he's he's not like he's an old, experienced, you know, thirty-five-year-old keeper. He's still he's still young, and to to have that little bit of shit in his locker, I can say that now because it's after nine. <laughs> 
Um, you know, I'm all, you know, we've had chats about, you know, um, Nichols, haven't we, and stuff like that off offline, man. I really like him. I think I, I saw him first at um, Southport in that friendly when uh, he, he made his debut. Um, and the uh, comparison, we'd been used to Ryan Schofield, you know, a little bit more timid on his line. And I just, he were, he were out screaming at folk, you know, even when they were sort of in up other areas, he's out of his box and he's shouting at folk and, you know, moving him around pitch and commanding him. And it, I, I just sort of thought, we're not used to this at town. You know, we, we've used to Ryan Schofield sort of, you know, sort of just getting on with the day job, if you do, if, if you know what I mean. And Nichols were out there bollocking folk and shouting at folk. And I just thought, you know what, I can see him being a really, really good asset and to get somebody like that on a free transfer is is unbelievable so you know as a as a center half playing in front of a keeper where you know that he's he's like that and he's decent it just your confidence levels are just through the roof yeah. with him so that takes a lot of indecision out of your mind because yeah. if they do get past you you know that chances are he's going to be there and, and, and sweep up so magnificent signing and and for me probably up there for, for player of year contender so far I think he's definitely in my top three with Tom Lees and Lewis O'Brien, but I think Lewis Lewis is uh, sneaking from top one goalkeeper. Yeah, it will be. I just I know I don't want to, not to dwell on it, but it will be interesting to see who gets a player at year because instantly your mind sort of goes to Danny Ward or Sarber Thomas, doesn't it? Who creates? But actually, I don't really think they make the top three. Yeah, yeah. Some heroes, which is even Matty Pearson's Matty Pearson's coming up on the rails as well, isn't he? Lately, you know. So there's there's a lot of good contenders, you know. So and I don't think anyone who wins it will. We'll, uh, we'll, you'll begrudge them, would you? So, you know, uh, we'll move on a little bit. Um, the, ha- the, 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 the chance at the end, the handball by Big John, um, we, we've covered it slightly. I, I think penalty. What do you guys think? I think penalty, but, you know, we're lucky with that one. We'll just very quick. Phil says no. I Oz? Think, no, no, pen. no, no, pen. I'd say no. No, Matt? I have nothing. I didn't see it. Right. So <laughs> we'll say no, pen. Ref got it right. Good, good. Uh, Good work, referee. <laughs> uh, do you know what was really good as well? At the end of the game, the wave's back, isn't it, Pause, which uh, we covered the other week it with uh, where it was the Cowshed Loyal um, request. Did you request it back or the club asked it? Either way, it came no, back from mate, a conversation, that didn't was, it? Um, without, I don't know if I'm the old uh, Reese Dinsdale without breaking confidence joke that goes around. Uh, it was oh, Reese. I'll say, I won't, I won't name the player, but it were a, a player and a representative on the coaching staff that reached out to us and said, look, we want to do some at, at the end, you know, when we win to, to to bring back that togetherness. What do you think? And yeah, we we were all for it. So it we were the the club that you know. But you and so Sa- you and Sober have your own little thing, don't you, with the the monster mash dancing thing that he does I as know, well. I need, I need to calm down. I still need to do that video. Just another another example mate, of the togetherness that's there. You know, that's now come back. So I'll, I'll tell you what yeah, though. Wasn't it great afterwards? Because I don't think I've seen Carlos smile the entire time he's been here. And he was like a Cheshire cat, wasn't he, walking around the pitch? You know, he couldn't take the smile off his face. It was just... And he even tweeted. He even tweeted after the game. You know, Carlos did, never yeah, tweets. And, you know, it's it's great to, to see that Carlos... I think Carlos is loving it because he's been linked away, hasn't he? But I, I kind of think that Carlos sees Huddersfield as his thing that he's moulding. So I, I think it'll be very difficult to someone to come and, and take Carlos away from us because I think he's really buying into the football club and everything you know and he gets free reign on what to do on the coaching ground and etc I, th- I think he's I think it's a, he's got he knows he's got a good thing going and I think town know they've got a good thing going at the minute so and to see him sort of smile like that and, and tweeting and things you know it's, it's great to see Carlos happy don't you reckon whoever yeah, wants to be of what he's what he's done really you know he's um 
at times at the plate of nice stuff, but he's made them into an actual football team first and foremost. And I saw a mate of mine uh, sent me a, a text of the from Fulham fan, and the Fulham fan had said something along. If I'll read it, um, he basically just said something along the lines of um, "best team I've seen Fulham play." Won't remember any names, but so well organised and all very confident. A winning coach, I reckon, playoffs for sure. Um, you know, so that's what good what, words. Yeah, word on the street in Fulham. <laughs> right. Last thing on the Fulham game before we'll go on and we'll we'll uh, we'll delve into the comments on in the YouTube section. Uh, is this our Rotherham United Valentine's Day 2017 moment? That was the moment where I thought, shit, we can do this. We can we can get promoted. I actually thought Rotherham. I thought we can do this. Not only getting the playoffs, but we could go up. Are we getting carried away? Uh, we we're looking really good. You know, we went up to fourth momentarily until QPR got a point. I think Huddersfield Town can definitely get in the playoffs now. We we can, we can. I think we can. I'm not saying we will. I think we can. And that's this is the first time where I've gone, do you know what? I think we can do this. And, you know, I'm, you know, watch watch Cardiff come and paste us in a couple of days now. We'll all be back down there. What we, but I, I think we can do this, guys. Um, you know, we, we've all been playing it down all season, but is it time to get a little bit excited, Poz? I, I think it is, mate. Like I touched on earlier, I think this was a... A defining moment. As, as I mentioned um, before, Sheffield United match. That that was the first match where we've gone into where I've been a little bit nervous, and I don't think it was due to the fact that I thought, you know, what Sheffield United are a good team. We might lose. Uh, you know, uh, Sheffield United is quite a big name. I think it was more because we're actually at a point where I think we could do something. Previously, I were a little bit like, do you know, what? We'll, we, we've, you know, it's down. We've got a, we've got a four-game losing streak in us at any point of this. And and I've kind of been thinking that since like September, October, November, December, January, and we're now into February, and it, it's still not come where we've kind of had that drop off a cliff moment yet. And I looked at Preston, Sheffield United, and Fulham, and I thought, you know what, it's just like down in it to. to mess this up in them three games. We'd never get out of Preston. Sheffield United really hard game and we'd never get out of Fulham. And to come away with five points. You know, not losing and five points out of them three is is ridiculous. I think we've just got to make sure now that we follow it up with a decent result against uh, Cardiff on Wednesday and then I think it's Birmingham and Peterborough after that. Um and then West Brom away. So the game's coming thick and fast, aren't they? And I think the quicker we can get the games played, the better at the moment, because morale in squad must be was, must be absolutely fantastic. But yeah, just to sort of sum up the uh, in a one-word answer, is it time to get excited for me? Yeah, it is. Phil? I think it's totally different. I really do. I think the the, the teams are, are totally different, I think. Yeah, but is it time the... to get excited? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think... I think... I don't want to go on the answers, but I think before we had the quality, I still think we still lack. Um, I don't know if I'm just being too picky. I don't know what it is. I, I can't put my finger on it. I feel like we're still lacking in a bit of quality in terms of keeping hold of the ball, etc. Um, hang on a minute. And we've been saying that all season, though. That's something that we've well, we've got, got to, to say we've got Carol Iting now and still, Tino Andrin's about to in, come back. Yeah. Well, and, and I, as you say, my Iting's coming and. I think so. Are we actually looking for these excuses now rather than they actually being excuses? Yeah, Phil, get off. Yeah, stop making excuses, Phil. Come on, uh, get excited. Come on, Phil, get on the wagon. Oh, bandwagon. 
Sorry, get himself stand still on uh, Wednesday night. I'll get I'll you we'll throw it. To, we'll throw it to Matt. <laughs> and Phil, Phil can. Phil can. Sounds even more wrong, doesn't Phil it? can heard some. Heard them off. I'm just said to my little lad, just be quiet, please. Says, he's getting excited, just, mate. This is it. He's, he's getting excited. This is the thing. He's saying playoffs. This he's is what's going excited. on. <laughs> I just, I just can't. I, just, I don't know. I just can't put my finger on it. I just feel like I feel like we're doing well. I feel like we're organised. I feel like things are going our way at the moment. I just don't want to get too carried away because I still think there's there's a lot of work to be done. It'd be interesting to see with Carroll if he if if he plays a bit more of a part. Russell's been a, a great addition recently. Uh, lad from Chelsea, if he comes in a little bit more, I don't know. I think if that falls into place, I, there's something to get excited about. Um, what what I do like is the fact that we're just solid and we're go, we're going to grind out results, and I think that's going to make the difference. But I I, I, feel, I just feel like it's a little bit different to to before. Okay, Matt. Oh, man, I mean, look, I'm very conflicted about this whole whole thing. I was conflicted before and uh, like a few years ago because I was like, do I actually want to be in the, in the greedy league? Like, I feel like that that will damage my 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 beautiful little football club, and it did. Um, and like, I kind of I didn't enjoy it that much to be honest. There's a few highs, obviously, the Palace game. First game, the United uh, victory. You know, there were some lovely moments, but there was a lot of actual pain. You know, like apps. It was horrible going to watch us play uh, in, in Premier League. Um, I think we out of our own penalty area at times, just defending. We'd be like playing the ball out from the corner, just stuff like, trying to play out and just like in our six-yard box. It was like, what? What is going on? This is horrible. So I look back at that and think I genuinely do not really like want Huddersfield to be in the Premier League again. Like, I don't, but I want us to win every game we play. You know, like it, so I feel very conflicted and confused. I'll be honest, I can't believe that it's kind of it might. It looks like it's happening again. Yeah. I can't because believe it it's come like to it's this. Again. What's going on? Like, um, <laughs> I'm absolutely kind of because um, we've been having this run and everyone I've been oh well that's it now we'll, we'll lose to the oh you know we'll lose to this and actually we're like we're actually look really confident we look very calm we look, we look like a good side and you know I think that some of these little issues with the signings hopefully add those bits of embellishments a bit of quality that Matt was talking about which we, which we do need um, and then there's people like Corot Cosy what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Uh, I think they've taken their time with him. 
but we know it's quality. And I think that, like, I look at it and think, shit, we might actually go up. <laughs> it's awesome, but it's also like I'm terrified of that as well because um, I just don't know if I can stomach it I think again. It's, I think it's one of the. I think it's a little bit different this time. I think last time it were we'd never been in that position before, so it was so exciting. It was so new. It was so. If this if it doesn't happen this season, it'll absolutely never happen again. Whereas this season, do you know what? If we do miss out, yeah, I'll be a little bit good, but I'll be like, do you yeah. know what? We've had a great season. I never expected it. We've got a right good platform now. You know, there's, there's things going on behind the scenes with owners and stuff like that. And you think, do you know what? We've actually, it, it brings the hope back that we can sort of cement ourselves as that top 30 club that the club likes. But it's good because since then, it has been so yeah. bad. Like the whole... Every regime, like even like the Cowleys one, which was kind of, I mean, I thought they stopped the roll pretty well, to be honest. But, you know, the, the whole COVID thing happened and, and we sort of didn't come out of the gate again after after that very well. And it's just not been much fun, like watching the town this last year. You know what I mean? It's been horrible. And all of a sudden, it's, you're buzzing because they're actually playing well. Like, they're, you know what I mean? There's form there and... They're, they're even scoring a few goals. Our goal difference is probably healthier than it kind of was when we, when we got promoted. So it's just nice that we're playing football and going to it thinking, I'm, I might enjoy today. Because for the last three or four years, I've been thinking that we're not going to enjoy this. So it's awesome that, that they're kind of doing well. But yeah, if we don't I think get I said up, before that like getting promoted cool. could actually be a bad thing. I know that sounds ridiculous, but as you've just said there, Matt, you get promoted and you go back to losing every week and fans becoming disgruntled because at the end of the day, if you want to go and watch winning football, I'd rather watch town winning championship than losing Premier League. That's you know, I don't go to watch Mo Salah, I don't go to watch Ronaldo, I don't go to watch these players, I go to watch Huddersfield Town and I'll have a good day yeah. if we win and I'll have a bad day if we lose. Um so you know Obviously, you could never do this, but to, to get promotion and then think, you know what, we'll have another year in championship before we go up. Um, I want to see us back. Um, I want to see us back in Premier League. Yeah, I, I do. Oh, I'd take it. I, I do. You know, you wouldn't turn it down, would you? My little lad no. is absolutely buzzing because he thinks he's yeah. going to be able to get into all these stadiums and all that sort of stuff. So for, you know, for I just want to like him. I want, I want to amazing, see us. But... I want to see us get back up there, but just do it better in terms of he's, he's, when, we come, when we come back down. When we come back down, because a club like us, we will come back down because we've got the resources. Just before we move on, what, what I would say is, I know I've been a little bit negative about, but I don't think there's a group of players that deserve promotion uh, more than this group of players in terms of the, the attitudes and the efforts mm. uh, and the characters. And I, and, and I do really, you know, well, we all, we all hope that they get promoted, but uh, this group of players have been fantastic to, uh, to watch recently. Yeah, absolutely. And I think my, my thing is, is Dean Hoyle's obviously back behind the wheel, isn't he? And you, you kind of think, well, I think Dean knows where we went wrong last time when we got promoted. And I think he will sort of think, right, I'm not going to do, go down that path again where we signed. Play. I think we, we altered our um, we altered our what our MO, if you like. So we started bringing in players who were a little bit ropey, you know, personality-wise, like your Congolos and, and Benzers, et cetera. And I don't think we would go down that route again. I think we would stick to um, what makes Huddersfield successful i think if it happened again but yeah well it's a long way off so you know let's 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 cross that bridge when we come to it the, the thing is though even if you're in the south and even if you know players really want to come right and even if you have got the money that some of these clubs do have and the connections that some of them have um it's still really really difficult to make that step isn't it because it's so stretched and and I think that operationally it is. And the bit, and I think I said it on here before, the bit that I feel that 
that was the real saddest part about it was that we, the fans, the fan base, I just think lost the plot and lost the perspective. Because actually, like, we were, it wasn't an insurmountable feat. It, it was an impossible challenge to actually go up there and actually stabilise. And it was a miracle that we did one year up there, to be honest. Because even the teams that we'd gone up with, they'd had like five or six more weeks to get, to sort of get accustomed to it and to, and to prepare. They're all like got bigger infrastructures. They'd been up at the top of that division or in the Premier League in the last few years. And I just thought everyone kind of like lost perspective and then just started getting overly angry at like and frustrated about things. So if there's any learning to be done, I'd like it for it to be us as fans almost to go up there and, and not be sort of like starting to lose the plot and turning on players. It just went so toxic. It really did. And, and that's why I didn't enjoy you know, the, the toxicity of it all. I think what you say there, Matt, about if there's a set of players that deserve it, um, just looking at the team that were out there yesterday, you, you're probably looking at less than a million pound that that team cost. That's that 11. So to be in the position that you're in, is, I think somebody said you, can, you can't even buy a, a two-bedroom apartment in Fulham for what we paid for our entire first team. So good, good tweet you know, that. It shows yeah. you how little how little that we've spent and yeah the, as I mentioned earlier about the media and the book is sort of putting us under the radar that might be a good thing for us because no one's expecting that when we can sneak in there and we can just keep picking up these points here there and everywhere and you know there's always that one team into that that's unexpected that, that gets promoted and there's no reason why that can't be can't be us this year again Let's yeah again. Let let's move on to uh, thanks to everyone watching on online. We've got forty five watching at the minute, so we can't be doing too bad on there. So uh, thanks to everybody who's joined in. If you could click on the like button and also subscribe, that would be great for us because that opens up different levels of YouTube access and stuff that we get, which would be really cool. Oh, um, look at Matt, he's been listening. I know. I'm starting to beg. I know. I'm starting to beg. You know. I'm starting to beg. I'm coming shameful. Button. Shameful. Need to get, get some of them graphics in, Matt. <laughs> I'm shameless. I'm I'm becoming shameless. I need to go have a look at myself, I think. Uh, right, so let's go through. So thanks to everyone who's joined us online. Uh, David Gavin says, why are Fulham fans such nice people? They are actually quite nice, aren't they, Fulham? They're a little bit sort of, um, it's a mid, mid sort of a middle class. It's such a lovely place, Fulham. You know, the pubs are really good around there. It's, it's great away day around Putney, you know, Putney. And I remember going when we lost 3-1 a couple of years ago and we were right in the bottom corner and the there was like a 10-minute lull where someone was injured. I could just crane my neck around. I could see people rowing on the Thames and stuff like that. It's such a cool sort of... It's a great away day. Do they still have that neutral stamp? Yeah. Like a I, neutral stamp. Yeah. They also, I, I, did they take down the Michael Jackson statue? Because that was that was good at one point. Quite fun. But oh, yeah. It's confused me that bit at a section. Whoever scored a match at day, everybody cheered. And I'm like, what, what's going yeah, on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a strange one. But yeah, it's a... It's a it's one of those sort of um, clubs which people hate, isn't it, in a way, because they're, they're seen as Tim Park because they're not overly sort of, they don't go over the top, do they, in terms of celebration. But it is kind of like a nice club for them, isn't it, That where you're quite comfortable in going. It's it's a decent place when we win. Um, so what else have we got? So Richard Crowther says, for the penalty, I can't believe none of the pundits didn't see the defender nudge Thomas into the keeper. We did, Richard, don't worry. Uh, Eddie Martin says, my affinity for these players is growing by the week. Uh, Bez5678 says, awesome, great determination, a great plan, well executed, great viewing, we're on our way. Uh, Richard Crowther says, uh, you can hear your pause, but you're quieter than the rest of us, so pause, you can never win with these uh, audio with the audio stuff, can you? Uh, Terrier7N2 says, Carlos got it spot on. I think we rode our luck and Fulham could have scored four or five, but for once it went our way, thought back five were immense. Uh, Matt says, can't remember a player who I'd completely written off as nowhere near good enough uh, to be solid, competent, and becoming vital to what we do as Turton. 
last dozen games, some turnaround, humble pie. Do you know what? Turton's been great since he had that cameo against Blackpool on Boxing Day. And um, I think he took a lot of confidence from that game and he's, he's been really solid ever since. I'd still pick Pippa over him personally if Pippa's fit, but we've now got a situation whereby if Pippa isn't and Turton plays, nobody's worried, which is a really good thing to, to have. You know, uh, Same with Ruffle, Ruffles on the other side. Uh, Freddie Cocker says, did someone have an ice cream delivery arriving there? I think that was when Matt's uh, alerts were going off <laughs> at one point at the start. Um, <laughs> that was my missus's no uh, ice cream. sushi. On the- ah, I've been working here, right? And I, I missed so many bloody deliveries that she came in the other day and started screwing this thing in and putting this thing in the plug. And basically now I get the ring going off in here, which I don't like. But, uh, yeah, apologies for that. No worries. Enjoy the sushi though, Matt, when it comes through for you. Uh, we've also got uh, Max says off the ball, especially in that first half, absolutely outstanding from everyone. Uh, limited them to very few big chances. Ruff, Russell offers us a calm presence on the ball and to get us up up the pitch. Uh, Richard Crowell says Carlos comment on penalty after match was my confidence wasn't high. Uh, Lordd, yes boys, what a team. Uh, Terry seven two says if we go up again this season, we'll eclipse what Wagner did in my opinion. Which is an interesting thing, but let's let's see if that happens first. But it could potentially, could potentially. Uh, Richard Crowley says, I thought Mitrovic would have been sent off by being booked for obvious simulation towards the end. The ref bottled it. Uh, Jared Mulligan says, hello all, Matt, what's happening with Ball Street? Loved it back in the day. And you were talking about last time we got to the Premier League, there were quite a lot of really good videos, weren't there, from Ball Street as well, whereby you were being interviewed by, is it Thomas Alcott? Is that it? And um, one or two of the others. And James, that was it. James, yeah, he's do, he's doing well for himself now, isn't he, James? And um, I remember, yeah. I remember you saying at the time, quite a few years ago, that you were like, I don't want to get promoted, I don't want the greedy league and stuff. And they were really good videos. And I think your uh, match day vlog from Wembley's still up as well, isn't it, on on YouTube? Which is really really good if yeah. you if you check that out. That's a really good one. Um, that's that's. I'm not a massive vlog fan to be honest, but I actually thought that was brilliant and. My mate pops up in it. My mate, Adam, I think you know Adam Blackburn, don't you, Poz, as well? He pops into it and has an argument with Matt halfway through about Naki Wells. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's essential viewing for, for me. And uh, is that, but Adam's a really nice lad. He's, he's just very sensitive to <laughs> Naki Wells. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. He was cool, actually. I've seen him a few, few times since. Uh, yeah, definitely a very nice lad. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny, is Adam. Oh, yeah. Paul Street's still going, but we, we just don't do the content as much because it's just. It's just a lot of hard work, um, and yeah, like everyone's busy. Like that whole scene, like the whole family scenes, kind of evolved quite a lot. And people are just um, there's a lot of money flying about it, and it's just kind of the energy of it, and the reward just in there. So, so we we still run that as an agency, and then um, but personally, I've got another project as well, which is kind of a new startup. Like as you know, Matt actually. Uh, kids football app so that's where I can I'm spending a lot of my time at the moment. Yeah, Poz would love that as well if you if you uh Poz is a football coach as well, aren't you with a six year old as well. So Poz would be definitely interested in that. Um but obviously you'll you'll reveal more, won't you, Matt, when uh, when that's ready to be safety. We've done that now. So let, so why not? Let's do it. Come on town. Bloody loving it. Uh, Andy Dworski says, bring it on if we make it back. Case of what you what do you oh, hang on, let me read this. Case of what do you know now that we don't know then? That's it. Uh, you to look to progress. Uh, never know what this, when this bus comes by again. Surely we would make a better go of it. That's it. Whenever towns sort of get towards the playoffs, I always think it's shit or bust. You know when we get over there because we've got like Matt, but yep, I'm with Andy as well. 
Dathan Tedesco. That's Dathan Tedesco. Says, well said, Phil. Of course we want to go up. This team will kick, scratch, dive, time waste, run, bleed to win. A special group. Love them. Um, let's have a look. At all. So who else we've got? So we've got uh, Richard Crowther says, Nichols must be the best free signing we've ever had. So, made such a difference to the defence in general and near flawless handling. Richard Hookie says, no pen. I'm moving away from the ball. Uh... Richard Hookey, great team performance. Cannot pick a man of the match. Hog Russell in the middle allows O'Brien to be more attacking. The fans were amazing. It's better for not having goals handed out for that sort of thing. Yeah, I agree with, with Jerry. But I still think if the referee had looked at it, he'd have probably given it under the pressure of VAR. But um, Terry72 says, Cardiff, Birmingham, Peterborough. If we get nine points, I will start to believe. Uh, coming on, Max says, let's be sensible about this. Automatics. Uh, Richard Crowther says, I think... I think <laughs> I think we could be recent games expect to, expected to struggle really smart as well if there's any more going around. Um, and Jonathan Adamson says, uh, if we go up, who stays in the team? Stick with a nucleus or assemble a new team? Sounds bad either way. Um, yeah, I think you've got to stick with what makes Huddersfield Town Huddersfield Town. But I think uh, what might be decent to do next, guys, let me just make sure the stream's still going. It is, that's fine. Um, I thought we might have a bit of time at the end, but we've actually talked for for longer than I thought, but I did say to others, um, you know, if you found the EFL referee shakeup, is it time we asked referees to give their opinion on decisions? TV interviews probably aren't the way. However, publishing a report on the game via PG MOL, uh, would at least give some context and accountability after some of the decisions, uh, for against town this year. I'd love to read what the ref actually saw interpreted from, some of the some of the events. I think that'd be quite good. I don't think sticking the mic in front of them right after the game when, you know, passions are running high would be a good idea. I know rugby league used to have a referee on the commentary team, didn't they? Um, it was the the one which McMorgan um, didn't particularly take to uh, in 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 his famous video. Um, but I think it'd be a good idea. A report, you know, published report. Phil, do you, what do you reckon? Because I'm sure there's sometimes where you've spoken to a referee and they've just blanked you or not spoken to you and you know you you do wonder what they've seen on the pitch like like the time chris brandon got sent got sent off for getting pulled down i don't know if you remember that that was about 2005 six but i think it might have been against blackpool it was one of the worst decisions i've ever seen or when john worthington got sent off for shooting against akron and stanley in the fa cup you would you, you would like some <laughs> that, yeah. you would actually like some of these explaining i guess oh the pavel abbott goal oh that would blatantly on side blatantly on side <laughs> um, no, I think yeah, I think sometimes obviously everyone's you know we're all human, aren't we? So there's these things in the game for referees where um, they either want to explain or they don't, and and when tension's running high, you can you can see it, there's there's a lot of confrontation between players uh, and referees at times, and, and like I say, my 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 favourite referees are ones that tell you f off if you've told them to f off, they'll just turn around and give you some. So. Um, yeah, I think it, it would be nice to, to have a little bit of a dialogue there to, to understand decisions a little bit better. Um, because the thing is, as well, from that, then you can learn from it, can't you? So if, if you're making mistakes and, and things have happened and, and you need to rectify that, then, then you know, it's it's going to be a little bit easier to see that. But be a place for it. Um, I just don't think you'd be able to play football in the middle of the day because there'd be too much swearing going on. Yeah, yeah I agree. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. It's an interesting one because as much as Phil, like you say, he'd like to know why they'd give it, then if the, if something else happens a week after and they give a different decision and it's similar, it opens them up to so much more scrutiny. So, you know, the scrutinise enough as it is. If, if maybe if we just let them get on with the job a little bit more and continue to look for errors and look for mistakes, they might feel more confident when they're giving it or that sort of stuff. So, you know, 
without as a grassroots coach, without referees, there's no football. So let's you know they do a great job and get paid a lot of money though these refs now. Well, they do well. Yeah. I mean, it's a profession, you know. It's, you're training every day, and you know I think that's probably why people look at it as, as they do, don't they? There's a lot of pressure on referees and, and with VAR, etc. You know, it's, it's it's definitely changed a lot. Bloody hell! Look at some of the videos from back in day with referees. Do you know what I mean? It's so much. Oh, Phil, I've got. I think I prefer that. I've got a beauty. I've got one where um, it's Huddersfield versus Bradford in ninety three, ninety four. I've been doing. I've been doing a Ronnie Jepson video. You know, so I do goals in Northern Town series, don't I? And I'm just doing. I'm in the middle of a Ronnie Jepson one at the minute. And there's a, a game against Bradford where the ball goes through, and it's, it's Paul Tomlinson, isn't it? Is it something Tomlinson, the goalkeeper for Bradford back in sort of the mid nineties, and. Um, Boothy just runs through as the, as he picks the ball up, and as he picks the ball up, Tomlinson moves to the side and knees Boothy in the knackers and sends him absolutely flying to the floor. It's an absolute shocker, and the referee is just good lad, you know, good lad. And the, ref, the referee just stood over and going, "Get up, you idiot!" Like so Boothy, Boothy's like counting them. You know what I mean, sort of struggling away. I might tweet that one day, but it's an absolute shocker. And but think, yeah, you know, that's that's a good one. But let's let's move on. We've we've got we've only got a couple, so that's quite good. Uh, Danny Smith says after doing a brilliant defensive job at what was no doubt the most dangerous attacking team in the league do we really have anyone to fear Carlos has certainly proven doubters like myself wrong and full credit where it's due I, don't, I think you win away at the best team in the league I don't think there's anything left to be scared of is there maybe maybe it's just the fact that he's, he's got it right aren't he? Carlos has got it right the other week when he brought all those subs on and, and the formation were all over the place he's learning himself into so so maybe we could look at it if Carlos gets it right we're going up yeah. If the players can adapt to you know man, to a man, if he gets it right, we're going home. He could you know yeah. pin it. Let's pin it on Carlos. It's all on him. I think the only thing to be scared of is players. the only thing to get scared of is getting carried away and starting to buy into the hype a little bit. Um, I think that's probably the would be our main undoing. I would guess if we if we got ahead of ourselves and you know you know we've got to keep grounded, haven't we? Understand that we're still the underdog and the twelfth favorite to to go up. And I think if we don't lose sight of that, I think. Um, do you, do you know what I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to happen um, is these people that have stayed away for whatever reason suddenly now reappear. Dale Marsden. It's happening already. Dale Marsden. Dale. No, no, I don't no, mean, no. I, don't, I want them. <laughs> let me finish because I do want them to, I want them to reappear, you know, obviously, because there's more people in ground and, you know, it's been... You want to feel sorry for it. I want, I want them to come and, and still be a little bit realistic about how good we are and stuff like that because it, we may now just suddenly you know, nosedive and the last thing we need is is these sort of people coming back and being like, Oh, look at they knew we were crap. Or, oh, this is why I didn't come in first place. So if people are gonna come down, yeah, you know, it's not like watching Liverpool every week or Man City every week. Some games are a slog, some games are tough to watch, but what you will get from the team is you will get that commitment, you will get that togetherness, you will get that fight and you will get that desire to get three points, whether you get that or not. That is kind of like a baseline expectation now at town. So if you are listening to this and you've not been down for a while, please don't expect to come down on Wednesday night and see fast-flowing, attractive football because it won't, it won't be like that, certainly not all the time. Come and, and just and take it for what it is and, you know, just get behind them and stick with it. Stick with it until at least May till we've, you know, done whatever we've done. And, yeah, just just don't come down and, and expect it to be brilliant and then go home and flag it off again like like people do. Yeah, I think I think that'd be. A yeah, good I'm only I'm only I'm yeah, only kidding to Dale. That was a bit of a rant there, wasn't it? Yeah. I, didn't mean that to I always I always jump in on Dale because he's a mate, and I like Dale, so that's that's the reason I always jump. Yeah, in. he's a good. He's, a top, he's one of my best mates. Is Dale? Good he's, lad, isn't he? He's a top man. Yeah. <laughs> but he's good to take the mick out of, even Bar, isn't he? So you know that's why. 
That's why we. Has doing. he? Has he? Am I right? I think he so has he not been to any games this year, Dale. No, he has. He's been to a few. Yeah, he's, he's been, been down. down. Than, 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 than people think. Yeah. He, he just likes to voice his opinion, and he's not afraid Nothing to. Nothing wrong with that. Um, he did. He did a big backtrack on uh, on Danny Ward, didn't he? And gave Danny Ward some praise. So fair, <laughs> fair play. I, I like it when fans do fair that. Work. Yeah, I like it when fans do yeah, that. Whereby yeah, you know they'll yeah. say it something. Shows a lot of fast, does that? Yeah, I think so. So fair play. Uh, right. So. Everyone's allowed an opinion, aren't they? Yeah, of course they are. And uh, I think it's great if if they get proved wrong, that they'll come out and say, do you know what? That got that wrong. Um, I have to do it all the time. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, Jerry Hinnon says, what does Carlos do when Colwell's available again? Three at the back, drop Lees or Pearson or stick with what's working spectacularly. This is a tough one, isn't it? Because Levi Colwell is top quality. Um, I think if Levi comes back, he'll probably go back to a back three and then you're looking at John Russell or Jonathan Hogg to step out of the team. I think when you play a back three, Hogg, Hog doesn't work as well as when you play a back four and Hog can drop in between. I think oh, that's that's more Hoggy's strength, but it's going to be tough because you know Hoggy dropping between Lee's and Pearson works so well as well, doesn't it? And you think, can you drop Pearson or Lee's? It's it's tough, isn't it? I think Levi just has to naturally bide his time for me, and you know you can have him on the bench and you can bring him on. He can play left back if you really need him to play left back. He could probably play midfield. He could probably play. Who's your wing? Who's your um? Who's your right wing back? Uh, Pipper if fit. Pepper if you fit, yeah. Yeah, Pepper if you fit. Uh, wide right. So if it's a 3-4-3, three, three, you play Thomas wide right for me. Um, or you can play wide right or wide left and have him and Holmes interchangeable. But for me, I think I'd leave Levi on the bench and let him work his way in. Pause, what do you reckon? Yeah, I don't think there's any immediate need to throw him straight in. We've gone 12 unbeaten. I don't know how many of them 12 he's played, but it's been out of the side. It's certainly not 13, 13. Don't do us down. It's 13. 13, sorry. Sorry, mate. Sorry. I think that's just league. I think it's 15. Is including Cup? No, I think it's 15, including, including Cup. Good times. Well, we're off at league like 40, 40, <laughs> Can you imagine? But no, and lose I, the playoff I, I agree, final. Mate. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, well, yeah. Don't, don't talk about that, dear. Um, but yeah, stick him on bench and let him. Let him work his way back in. Stick him on bench. I know. Ch- <laughs> Future England captain. Get just him stick him on bench. bench yeah. Uh, Phil, stick Matt, what do you reckon? <laughs> just uh, Phil and Matt. It's got to be like horses for courses a little bit, hasn't it? I think that the uh, it depends who we're playing. Like these ideas aren't made in a vacuum necessarily. So it's like it depends who we're playing, like how they play, what they're looking to do, what kind of threats they've got. I mean, Mitrovic kind of suited. Uh, the two lads that we had in playing central defence on Saturday, but if it's a different looking problem, you might want to have a Levi in there. Yeah, good point. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a nice problem to have. And I do like the fact that there's kind of depth all of a sudden. And, and I do like the signings they've brought in to kind of beef out that midfield and give them some options. I like that Tino's quite good at carrying a ball. So I, I yeah, I think we're, uh, we're in good shape now in that we can. Uh, slide things around uh, based on you know the, the merits of the opposition on the day. That's a really good point, uh, Phil. Do you agree with that? You're nodding at you. I think remember, you when, uh, remember back in, remember back in the day when when a champ manager were really decent and you didn't have to like set like your <laughs> training up and all that kind of crap. You literally just picked a team formation. <laughs> For me, like it'd be one of those do I dilemmas. So I mean, main players back. Do I stick him straight back in or do we carry on because we're doing all right and. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm, I will never ever be a manager because <laughs> those decisions those decisions are horrendous but I do think obviously whether we play at home or away I think could make a difference Levi on the ball is, is fantastic and he, and he really does set us off on the right foot going forward so maybe 
you know, more preferred to, I don't know, I have no idea, more preferred to at home. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think of a way to get him in my champ manager team. <laughs> just play with, just sneak him on and see if anyone notices. <laughs> okay. Uh, no worries, we're, we're almost, we're almost done for the night, but if Matt, if you need to get off, that's, that's no problem. Uh, the, the final ones, uh, Freddie Cocker says, is bringing Rhodes on from the bench hurting us when he replaces Ward and instead of going alongside him? Everyone loves Jordan, but he's not a striker who can play up top on his own anymore if he ever was. And does Andrew go into the team when fit ahead of Karoma? I think Andrew probably nudges in front when he's fit, you know, when he's proven that he's fit, uh, if he's as good as what they say they are. Uh, does Jordan hurt us? I don't think he did on Saturday. I thought Jordan did all right on Saturday. Um, I know he was only on for seven or eight minutes, wasn't he? But Generally, I I think there's a there's an issue, isn't there, whereby if we knew, do need to press from the front, I think it was okay having Lewis with him, uh, but if we do need to press from the front by himself, then it's not his strength, is it? But um, but it's done all right for what me. What do you do? Though? What do you do? Do you know what I mean? You, you, that, that's that's your other striker. So yeah, you got you can't you can't just leave Ward on Ward puts a graft in every single. You got minute Fraser, haven't you? Fraser's pretty good at pressing. It's like Matt says sometimes. Well, yeah, well, definitely, for yeah, definitely. I, yeah. Yeah, I had this conversation the other day. Um, Fraser, you know, he's not had a sniff, but when when the way that they've been playing, he's the your obvious change, isn't he? he? He'll put a he'll put a shift in. He'll work hard. He'll especially at the end of the game. You know how nasty it could be with, with centre house putting him under pressure. I don't know why he's not not been involved. So it's a strange one, really. But um, I think Jordan comes on and does his best. He puts, you know, he does. Yeah. He works his hardest and. Um, we've, got, we've got more depth now up top than we ever we got from over focus, wasn't it? Just Nancy yeah. Wells, pretty much, wasn't it? I think Colin, yeah, and then Colin came in in January, but Colin was better out wide, wasn't he, than, than up front? But. Yeah. yeah. God, man, how did we get up there? What a player. <laughs> Chef yeah. uh, Right, so the last two we've got here. Um, <laughs> Matt says, uh, for me, we've had the Premier League. And I'm pretty sure in my lifetime we will have another crack at the top league. But to see us in a major final might be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, especially in modern football. Um, so would you, as a town fan this season, take promotion or losing in the FA Cup final? There's one for you. Phil? <laughs> Phil's laughing, so we're going to go to Phil. We're going for one extreme over, aren't we? I love it. Like, <laughs> town full class, aren't we, town fans? <laughs> I, I wanted to see us getting Premier League in my lifetime. Now it's like major finals now. We're going for it. <laughs> European Champions League also. <laughs> Jimmy Mack always used to say Milan. Um, used to say San Siro, didn't he? I tell you what, it's, 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 a good, it's a good question. Is that I, I, Matt says he'd take the FA, FA Cup. Cup final before? Before, yeah. I, I'll take. You know what? I'm going for it. FA Cup before yeah. uh, before promotion. Uh, yeah, there I've said it. I'm mate. I'm like two o'clock in the morning. The frontier in Batley. I'll take what I can get. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> so FA Cup, Premier League, whatever, whatever. I'll be happy. You know what I mean? Probably, probably go on with either. But, you know, it's one of those things for me, either would be fantastic, but yeah. whatever. Um, Matt Pot. Yeah, I think that would be pretty special, especially as it's 100 years. I think this, I think any other year I might pick Premier League, but because I like stuff like this, you know, because it's 100 years since we last won it, that would be pretty special, I think. That would be pretty special. Uh, yeah, so last one, and this will be coming to you, Phil. I think this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, Richard Littlewood says Lee Nichols the best keeper since Nico Vassen question mark I think yes been watching town since 1967 also ex-amateur keeper he has been absolutely brilliant best signing of the summer best keeper in the division what do you reckon I've got I've got my opinion on this which, which might be different it's a tough one I think uh, it's a tough one is that uh, 
I've enjoyed watching uh, Danny Ward in the playoff um, season. I thought it were, were fantastic. Um, good mates with Matty Glennon. Matty Glennon will tell you it's him. Nailed on. Well, uh, Matty, it's him all day. Um, Matty, Matty did a good job when he turned up. A, a good, you know, a time when we needed a goalkeeper of that kind of standard. And I think Lossell has been doing... That's a tough one, he's at, really. I think it's a little bit too early to say, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but it's a, I mean, it's a good shout. I think it's a good shout. It's how can you argue? How can you argue or not? I think. You know I mean, he's. Um, I he's think. Matt Go on, Matt, try. I think Lee Nichols is better than Nico Vassen. <laughs> I do. I the the reason why, I think Nico Vassen would have better games than Lee Nichols. So you remember Nico Nico Vassen, Bradford City away, where he completely shit houses Dean Windass. So, you know, elbows him in the chops and saves that penalty five minutes later. Uh, the Bolton game. The, there's a game against Bolton where we won three two under Jacko ninety eight ninety nine where Nico Vassa must have made 15 amazing saves. And even the Bradford home game where he saves Darren Moore's header, it's a phenomenal save. But I think time kind of makes you look back more fondly maybe on Nico Vassen. I think there's a lot of games where he maybe caused a few issues, you know, caused a few ricks. So you look at the Berry in his debut where he gets sent off uh, Port Vale when he came back from the suspension, he dropped it in the in the goal so I give Lee Nichols the nudge the, the nudge the nod over him because of his reliability the nudge yeah, yeah I'll give him a nudge it's the the reliability of Lee Nichols I think, is I, I think I think if I were yeah if I if I was a gaffer um, I would choose I'd choose Nichols all day um, because I, I think for me that type of keeper is what I would be looking for um, someone who like you say is reliable I mean what you got remember Nichols kicking was horrendous Um so you've got to remember, um, like obviously, what you'd be looking for as a gaffer. What I would say about Nico is, uh, and I'll never forgive him, he used to throw um, poles into my brand new gloves when I was 17. I paid a lot of money for brand new gloves and he used to throw throw and put massive holes in my gloves. Um, him and Neville Southall used to think it was funny, maybe a little bit of bullying going on really. Um, so... Um, so what you so what you're saying, I Phil? I don't really have many nice words. So what? I don't really have many nice words to say about Nico, to be honest. Um, but I, but I would um, I would pick um, I would pick yeah I'd pick Nichols in front of Nico definitely. But in, in terms of the best since, um, I'm not sure. I I would actually caveat my thing. I think Steve Harper was better. Um, I know Steve Harper was only there for three months, but for me, Jonas Lussell is Huddersfield Town's best goalkeeper. Um, because Jonas was uh, the best shot stopper I've seen. I'd, and, you know, fair enough, second season in the Premier League when Town made him, I think, feel a bit unwanted. He wasn't amazing. But for me, that first season in the Premier League, some of the saves he made were phenomenal. He commanded his box really well. Uh, his distribution's the best I think we've yeah, ever had. Agree, yeah. uh, his distribution is, you know, yeah. you compare Lossell and Nichols, and I think reliability, Nichols is untouchable, isn't he? Um, Lossell... I think had to was was under instruction to take a lot more risks with the ball than what Nichols was. So, you know, there's a few more mistakes from Lossell. But I think in terms of um shot stopping, Lossell is the best I've seen. Um and as for the best in the division, Travers apparently is the best goalkeeper. Bournemouth keeper is the best at the minute, statistically. Um I think Kaminsky at Blackburn is is up there. Nichols is up there. Never heard of him. No, Nichols is up there, and Alex Smithies has been phenomenal for Cardiff lately as well. I think Alex Smithies is bang up there as well. So I think Nichols is in the top four for sure. In terms of best ever goalkeeper, I think Steve Harper, Jonas Luss. I think Lussell's my number one, and then it's like Nichols, Steve Harper, Vass, and Steve Francis are all just be and Danny Ward. Even I think it's a it's a good competition, but for me, Lussell is the 
the best. But Lee Nichols could easily be number two. And, and who knows, by this time next year, Nichols might have been number one because he's only been here six months or so. So, um, yeah, that would be mine. But po- pause. Phil Senior. Phil Senior. That's the one. <laughs> every, every, every time. time. Every time. No, I think we... That save against <laughs> Hull in memory. Stick him on the bench. Yeah. He'll be happy. <laughs> we kind of go from like the sublime to the ridiculous at the time we keep yeah. this, don't we? We seem to get a really good one and then get someone who's just not very good at all. Do you remember so, Scott Bevan? We've had some decent... We had some, yeah, we, well, we had Scott Bevan about 19. Yeah, we, well, if you can't follow Scott Bevan, you can't follow anyone. <laughs> Do you know, we went from Scott Bevan being about 7 foot 4 to Phil being like 5'11", but Phil was absolutely miles better than Scott Bevan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like, I like Nichols, but like you say, I think I think uh, you always bang on about it, don't you, Matt, on the warm-up? What is it, the recent history bias? Yeah. Um, so I think he's obviously fresh in the mind and stuff like that. But, you know, if he's got a chance to be with us for... His contract runs out can, in 2023. Well, I think Town need to hop on that quite quick, Smart. Yeah, because Nichols, by the end of his spell, Nichols could be the best keeper we've had. You know, he's it's one of those things. I think at this moment, for me, Lossell... Is is my my number one, but this time next year it could easily be Lee Nichols. It's just just the way it, way it is, isn't it? With with that, but um, if you speak to um, Matty Glennon, me and me and Matty, me and Matty talk about it quite a lot. Um, in your first like first seven games, ten games as a keeper, anyone can come in and, and you like running off adrenaline, and yeah. anyone can come in and make saves, etc. But that consistency is really really key for a keeper, and, and he has. Like you're going back to it, Lossell and Nichols for me, and 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 Ward in that season, very relaxed watching all three goalkeepers uh, play, um, with no stress watching them, which yeah. for me, you know, makes a big difference. I think I'd put Nichols above Danny Ward, and I loved at the time. I thought Danny Ward was probably the best keeper I'd seen at Town, along with Steve Harper. You know that, but since then, Lossell and Nichols have been fantastic. So it's a good conversation. I think. I think if someone said Lossell, someone said Nichols, someone said Nico Vass, and someone said Francis, you could make arguments either way, couldn't you, Danny? You could make arguments for all of them. They're, they're all good keepers, aren't they? And we're lucky that we've got Lee Nichols at the minute, but Town really do need to extend that contract. You know, quick smart, quick smart. Yeah. And I think that was the last one, really. Um, going back to, uh, let's go back to the chat very quickly. Andy Dworski says, Michael Silver's sky meltdown. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good, wasn't he? Where everything, the whole world was against him. You know, never mind those. 20 fouls that, you know, didn't get given against us, but, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Terry 72 says, if we go up, will anyone give Hodgkinson any praise or will they see Hoyle riding in on his white horse? Um, there's a lot of people won't give Phil Hodgkinson any praise. I will. Uh, I will. I think Phil Phil had to stop the rot, didn't he? And he had to make a lot of unpopular decisions. He probably didn't make a, you know, he probably made some bad decisions and, and some good decisions, but I think Phil will, you know, I think, I think in 10 years, I think in 10 years, people will look back more fondly on Phil than like, you know, the recency bias pause. I think 10 years, Phil, people might actually go, do you know what? It did all right. Whereas now I think people are still a little bit because of the way Phil's quite bullshit. I think maybe people didn't take to him great, but I do, I, I do Phil's think Phil, yeah, but I, I, I do think there's a genuine guy there who tried his best for the football club and, and wanted to, to be successful. And I think Phil put oh, everything in. So, you know, I think, I, you, I think it's like you say, Huddersfield fans, someone who comes in and does the best and gives everything they have, you know, you can't fault it. And I think Phil did, Phil, Phil Hodgkinson did that for me. Um, perhaps rubbed people up the wrong way at times. And there's a few comments and he gets carried away, doesn't he? But, you know, um, same with Dean. Dean's come back and Dean's Dean's doing a good job now. So Dean, you know, there's a lot of people who were unhappy with Dean the way he left. 
and you know Dean has you know a really good chance to you know for those people who were anti him or against him or unhappy with him he's got a really good chance now to sort of bring everybody back in and I think everybody slowly is coming back in you know he's doing the right things he's making the tickets cheaper again and and you know the crowds are coming back in you know so hopefully against Cardiff we you know we put a how can anyone how can anyone not be happy with Dean Hoyle what he's right. done. We haven't got time for that. No, we haven't got time. It's 10 o'clock, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's time for bed. There's people out there. Yeah, and... Uh, Quite a lot of people as well, actually. Yeah, so Richard Hookie says, I just hope some of the doom and gloom brigade who moan at games listen to the noise and passion from the from the fans at Fulham and let's turn the John Smiths into a cauldron of noise. You're in the right place, Richard, because Poz is pretty much in one of the main men in command of that. So, you know, keep going, Poz, with the, the megaphone and, you know, the, the monster mash that with Salba Thomas that you keep going on. So... You know, ho- hopefully that, that keeps going. Uh, Bez says FA Cup. Oh, Bez says double. Let's not get greedy, Bez. You know, the double of FA Cup winners and, and, and the players. Um, Terry72 says... you Bez from Happy Mondays? Terry72 says you can't put Nichols ahead of Lossell. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Um, Leo says Steve Francis takes some beating. Do you know what? Steve Francis was a, was more of an old school goalkeeper, wasn't he, Phil? Shot stopping, yeah, amazing. But if you put Steve Francis how he was then now... He would probably, you know, he didn't come off his line a lot. He didn't catch a lot. And his kicking was, you know, his kicking, you know, when the back pass came and he'd just side foot it out of play. But <clears throat> for his time, Steve Francis was, was excellent, wasn't he? You know, that, then, you know, he was another one where you could always rely on him. You know, the Franny, Franny reliability was, was brilliant. Brilliant. Were, yeah. Uh, c- considering. He was class. Yeah. I-, I loved him. I loved Franny. He was, yeah, he was a really nice guy as well. Yeah, big laugh, didn't he? And, you know, remember, you know, Steve Francis, when I, th- when I think of Steve Francis, I always think that he was sort of one of the last keepers that used to wear actual football kit shorts and socks yeah, before they made yeah, full goalie kits. I don't know why I always think of that. But I just see him in that green, green Panasonic shirt with white shorts <laughs> and white socks. And I think back now and I thought, Keepers, yeah, they used to just wear the same as everybody else, didn't they? Now they have about 50 different kits they can pick from. Oh, I just picked three Steve kits. Francis as a proper old goalkeeper. Yeah, it, it, it was class. There was a yeah. save he made against Wrexham, Steve Francis, in 95 or so, and it was it was just against Gary Bennett. You'll remember Gary Bennett, the Wrexham striker. Uh, it was just an outstanding save, but fantastic. Uh, Tim Clark, the worst, he says. Uh, I, th- I still think Tony Elliott was worse than Tim Clark, but you know, Tony Elliott was the reserve to Tim Clark. So, you know, that's, <laughs> for me, Tony Elliott was, was worse. Um <laughs> Phil's amazing performance at Swansea. Yeah, got a can't, can't knock Phil. Do you know that save against York? Phil Senior against York. You know it's up there, one of the best best saves. We'll have to do a montage of your best saves, Phil. I'm still trying to find if anybody's got the video of Barnsley <laughs> Barnsley nil Huddersfield one from 2002. Was it Phil? 2002, 2003. I need that. Phil Phil Senior needs it because yeah. he makes a save onto the post, which is phenomenal. And then you know his mum taped over it or missed it, didn't you? Or <laughs> something. So. Phil needs that if anyone's got it. <laughs> Phil needs it. Um, and then Bez says um, something about ice skating. And then Max says, time to have a chant for Carlos. I reckon perhaps the Carlos had a dream one like the Wednesday one. I think, Poz, you need to come up with something original, don't you? We, we tried Americanos, didn't we, last year? Americanos from Holly Johnson. But we'll maybe try to get that one going again. But I think that's enough. It's funny Yeah, I think it was it Spanish Carlos... New Balance chinos, really coach. Yeah, I'll I'll resend you. It's a bit too mal. I think after six pints, you've got no chance of getting past the second line, so it might need something a bit more. Although <laughs> <laughs> there's the old Guardiola out there. We've got Carlos Carbran. We'll keep it simple. Keep it simple. <laughs> keep it steady. Yeah. Uh, right. That's it. Thank you to everybody who's watched online. Uh, thanks, Phil. Thanks to Matt Wilson who had to pop off. Uh, I think the sushi was uh, waiting for him. Um, it's always great to have Matt on as well. Pause. Thank you very much. Can I just say who? 
Did they say we're getting that as a takeaway? Sorry, man. Did they say we're getting a takeaway sushi? I think so. That's what that's what I heard. Because that is the most middle class thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it does. It does live in London. It is it does I live mean, in London? I've no problem with it, but have you ever tried juicy sushi in leeds Paul? it's quite close to uh where you work juicy sushi top class although the, the sweet and sour chicken anyway enough of that um yeah thanks to everybody thanks online <laughs> thanks pause thanks phil and we'll roll in the end credits thank you everyone There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily Every goal shall be a memory So town play up And bring that cup Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the cup Back to Huddersfield TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Automate delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.